Welcome back to another episode of Counter the Chaos, the podcast here to challenge you to shift the way that you live, lead, and work so that you can become the most full, whole version of who you are and who you are here to be. I'm Tiffany Lanier, keynote speaker, clarity strategist, and your host of Counter the Chaos. I live by a very simple yet potent motto, and that is to live purposefully and lead consciously. I believe that living purposefully is something that we all owe to ourselves, and leading consciously is what we owe to everyone else. I am so excited to be back here for another episode of CTC. It has been over a month, a little over a month, not too much over a month, but it has been a month, and it has been a crazy, fulfilling, awesome, month. Um, it's, you know, right around the time I was recording the last episode back in earlier September, I was coming out of a hurricane and then I had, you know, um, basically got slammed with a bunch of new and exciting opportunities that I had, you know, that kind of came out of nowhere, which is really great. Um, and I had to make those my focus, um, over the last month. And so I did a lot of traveling, went out to Denver. That was really, really awesome. Got to interview um, Amy Nelson of The Riveter and got to be there for Denver Startup Week. Um, Came back. It actually was really sick. And you've probably heard me say that several times (laughs) throughout these podcasts. I've been the most sick that I've been um, really like in the last six years or so this year in particular. And so I've been in and out of battling some kind of cold or flu-like something almost every single month. And it's just been crazy. So, you know, out of Denver into a full-blown, like, seven-day sickness right leading up to a big keynote that I had at a university. Um, But anyway, it's been a lot of fun um, outside of the sickness, of course, just a really crazy jam-packed month. And so I didn't anticipate that it'd be a whole month uh, before I got to part two of our very last discussion. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, I would love for you to go do that before you listen to this one. In the last episode, um, I shared with you one of my big life transitions. The catalyst that really sparked so much of who I am today and the work that I do and how I show up. And that was really the life-threatening complications that I experienced when I was pregnant that went into postpartum depression. And so it was a full year of just, you know, feeling like I had hit this proverbial rock bottom, if you will, but then also having to come out of that transition and use that transition as fuel for the next phase of my life. And we just talked a lot about how big life transitions can actually become that catalyst for the change that you're looking to see, even if you don't know that it is at the time, even if you are unsure of why you're going through all the things that you're going through, even if you're feeling like, why is this happening to me? You know, hindsight is always 20. We always come back, usually come back and say, okay, even though that really felt like it did not serve me, it actually did in so many ways. 
there's so many things that I learned. There's so many things that I was able to process that is really helping shape who I am today and how I can move forward. We see it time and time again, especially in the romantic relationships as well as platonic relationships. Um, you know, we go through these different uh phases that just seem like why is this happening and then we come out on the other side and we're like okay that makes a lot of sense and so we we talked a lot about that in the last episode so go ahead and check that out if you haven't moving into part two of the discussion is really how do we overcome those big life transitions Um, and because we're going through transitions all the time like our life is really an endless string of transitioning from one thing to the next you know we we kind of categorize big life transitions as being you know having kids getting married starting a new career graduating from school in some capacity those are like defined big life transitions however we are constantly experiencing even the littlest of transitions um, within any of those those categories whether that be you know, parenthood or marriage, relationships, school, work, we're always moving because we're ever, you know, evolving and growing beings. And so once we have this understanding that life is a series of endless transitions, we could probably start putting, stop putting that stress on ourselves to always have it together or to always, you know, um, feel like everything has to be how you envision it in your head versus kind of waiting in the water and just going with the waves of life because there's always going to be a wave and sometimes they just crash bigger, right? Uh, so today I want to talk about how do we how do we overcome it? How do we actually allow ourselves to go through these big life transitions as well as the day-to-day life transitions? And so first and foremost, I believe it's really about holding space. It's about holding space for the transitional period that you're in. And very rarely do we hold that kind of space for ourselves. It's rare, right? Self-care, hashtag self-care is very big right now. And really for the last year or so, maybe even a little bit longer, um, you know, we are now having bigger conversations around mental and emotional health. We are now having conversations that challenge us to slow down and not always feel the need to go, go, go and grind and hustle and just maneuver our way into the next big phase. We are being encouraged to actually take care of ourselves. Um, you might not always hear those lessons, but I think if you are, you know, in the personal growth, spiritual world of things long enough, someone's going to tell it to you. And so that's going to be my job today is to remind you the importance of really taking time to explore what's coming up for you as often as you need it. And so holding space for your transition is slowing down to speed up. It is taking a moment to recognize where you are today. And that's something that I didn't do very well in that transition um, right out of my complicated pregnancy to having my daughter to then just going through so much 
life change all at the same time and really kind of hitting a brick wall, you know, because I just kept going and pushing and continuing to work. Even though I did have a short leave, I felt the need, you know, to not slow down. And we are in a society, especially in Western, in the Western world, where we are constantly pushing for the next big goal. And when these life transitions occur for us, it's hard for us to slow down. I know not every culture is like that, but the American culture is definitely like that, where you just feel the need to keep up, right? Uh, we have a saying here, you know, about keeping up with the Joneses, which is this statement of this family, like if you will, the Joneses is those individuals who have it all, right? They have all the wealth, they have it all together, and we're all just trying to keep up with them. This is a, a mythical <laughs> family, if you will, but it is a saying that we all know very well, right? Trying to keep up with the Joneses, and the Joneses probably from generation to generation look a little bit different, and the Joneses that we have in our mind may look a little bit different, but we're trying to keep up with someone, something, somewhere. We're trying to keep up with our friends and people that we follow on social media. We're trying to keep up with, you know, even the people that we have in our lives that may not be on social media, but that are in our everyday life. And we see that they're doing, you know, they just got an, a new house or a new car, or a new job or going on vacation or started the family or bought XYZ or doing XYZ and we feel like, well, what are we doing? You know, if we're not constantly striving for this level of quote unquote greatness, if we're not going after more, it almost makes us feel like we're lazy. Like that's the sentiment that usually comes up. Am I being lazy if I'm not striving for more? If I'm not pushing myself to achieve, then I'm not living up to my potential. And there are moments in time in life that that could be true, <laughs> you know, that we are being lazy or not living up to our potential. But then we have to go back and really think, is doing something all the time or the lack there of doing something all the time equate with laziness? Does it have to be equated with laziness? Can it be a series or a time that we relax or spend more time being versus doing. And if we were to be versus do, what could that look like for us? What is possible in this space of beingness? So when we're going through these bigger life transitions and we feel the need to constantly push and go and do more and have more, we never really take the time to understand what we're going through. What may be coming up for us emotionally or even physically or mentally or spiritually, right? Because usually when we're going through a transition, there's some aspect of our identity that is shifting that has to change. And we've talked about this in previous episodes about the death of identities and how when we're moving into this next phase or this next person that we're here to be, the old identity of who we were is being shedded. And sometimes that feels like death. 
And when someone dies, we have to mourn usually, right? There's time to mourn. And we think about mourning in the context of someone dying. And even, you know, the time that it takes to heal from relationships that may be uh, expired, if you will. So why don't we hold that same sentiment for almost every aspect of our lives and the transitions that we go through? We literally hold weight for, or we give weight to some transitions more than we do others. But as I see it, almost every transition, big or small, there is this mourning period that has to occur. How long you mourn for is another question, but there is a mourning and re-understanding and recalibrating and rediscovering phase that should occur. And if we get in the practice of holding space for ourselves, then we are always allowing ourselves to process what is coming up for us versus it having to be forced. A lot of the time when we get sick, now like myself, for instance, sometimes you just get sick and you get sick often. But when we get sick, we're, we're forced to slow down, right? There is pretty much no way around it unless you have like, you know, a, a, maybe a basic common cold. And even then we try to push through it when really our body is asking for rest. It's asking for us to slow down, to, you know, hydrate, to nourish ourselves and nourish our body. And when we push to these extremes that we live in, our body then might get sick in order to completely slow us down to allow us to recalibrate. And so holding space for yourself, literally holding space, and let me define that so that I don't say something you're like, okay, I don't really know what holding space means. But holding space is giving yourself some room. That could be physical room, like physical space that you might set up in your home or that you might have, you know, a place that you go to, like a space for you to be in. But it's really more mental and emotional space to be. It's holding a container for yourself to do a deeper level of inner work, right? And that could be personal work that you do with yourself that could look like getting a therapist, that could look like hiring, you know, a life coach or a relationship coach or some kind of coach to help hold you accountable to the visions that you see in your mind and have in your heart. This could look like counseling. This could look like journaling. This could look like a meditation practice. All of these modalities are ways for us to hold space for who we are and who we would like to be, right? So all of these modalities and activities help us bridge that gap between where we are now and where we want to go, but also slowing down enough to allow what's coming up for you to actually come up for you. When I was experiencing postpartum depression, I didn't feel like I could slow down. I was continuing to grow my business. I had a small child. We had moved back across country. I was in a new environment, somewhere I've never been before. There was a lot going on in my life that was valid for me to feel the way that I was feeling, right? And at the same time, I wanted to be there for everybody. I wanted to be there for obviously my daughter and my partner and my family, 
I wanted to be there for my clients. I wanted to be there for the audiences, whether that was speaking or, you know, showing up via video or live streaming um, in some capacity, showing up for people who, you know, followed me or listened to me around the world. I wanted to be there for them. So I was pouring into everybody else, literally pouring into everyone else from the time I woke up my, you know, woke up and mind you, I wasn't sleeping back then. I was up all through the night, but I was pouring into everyone else, not leaving much for myself, pouring into everyone else from a extremely empty cup and never at that time, at least up until that point, did I recognize how much internal trauma that my body had really endured over that last year or so, right? Just being pregnant. Some people have amazing pregnancies, no pains um, that they, you know, really go through outside, you know, basic pregnancy discomfort. And then some of us go through very traumatic experiences, near, you know, near death experiences of possibly losing a child to possibly, you know, losing your life. And those thoughts that you don't think of are playing in your mind while you're going through that hardship. So that is traumatic. That is a traumatic experience. And we can downplay the trauma if we want to, right? And you don't have to go through a near, uh, a near death experience to have trauma, right? Uh, there's a lot of aspects of life, a lot of things that we experience that we go through that causes deep internal trauma that we internalize that we put on the back burner and that will show up in our lives in some capacity way later. And we wonder why we're experiencing what we're experiencing then. And it's from childhood trauma, from something that we went through, you know, as teenagers. And so once we understand how trauma works in the body and how we hold on to it, not just from a mental and emotional place, but even from a physical place, we can get or acquire physical ailments and physical pain Uh, from the trauma that we might store in our body. So when we are kind of adding on to the trauma (laughs) as we continue through life, if we're not unpacking that for ourselves, if we're not rediscovering who we are in this moment and allowing ourselves to let go of these past traumas, we quite literally hold on to them, moving into the next phase, into the next phase, into the next phase. And so holding space for yourself is, is literally allowing yourself to decompress and move through all this internal trauma that you might be going through without even really knowing it. Move through all the anxiety and the moments of depression that you may be experiencing. And for some, it's crippling anxiety and chronic depression and Allowing yourself to do what's necessary for you. I am not a doctor. Okay, so let's just put that out there. I'm not a doctor or even a full-on mental health professional. I'm more of an advocate for mental health and emotional awareness and tenacity. But I do know after going through bouts, even outside of the complications and the postpartum depression, I experienced depression a lot growing up. And I didn't realize what those things, um, those experiences would cause me, you know, later in, in my life. And so now that I see all of that in a different lens and a different light, I realize the importance of taking the time to 
unpack that experience. And it was really a mentor of mine that shared with me, you know, at the time that I was going through postpartum, and I don't even know if I knew that I was going through postpartum, but basically this time that I was just really down and out, you know, I would go in and out of, you know, being the motivating, inspiring person that I am to crying in the corner, right? To crying in the corner and not knowing why. And she made it very clear to me that I was pouring from an empty cup. She made it very clear to me that I didn't have a a practice for myself to be with myself, you know, constantly giving and pouring into everyone else did not hold or did not allow for me to really deal with or acknowledge what I was experiencing. And so that was when I really started embarking on creating a morning practice, which if you know me, uh, to some degree, if it's not your very first time listening to me, I've talked about, I talk about having a practice that everything is ultimately a practice, but creating some type of practice for yourself, some, you know, that's made up of routines and rituals that allow for you to do this healing work, right? It's a level of healing. It's a level of discovery work. It's a level of uncovering work. It's, all of these things to step into a more full whole version of who you are here to be. This wholeness that we're looking to experience is really coming back to self, right? This We are whole, full-bodied individuals who at times feel broken, who at times feel like we may only be half of who we are, but we are whole. And to reclaim our wholeness is to do the work, to kind of clear out the clutter that shades, if you will, the other pieces of who we are. If you think about almost like a full moon, right? The moon is constantly going through different phases, but it is always whole, no matter what. Only once a month do we see the fullness of the moon as it goes through its phases. But the moon itself is always whole. And I believe that is applicable to who we are. We are like the moon. We are always whole, always full. And as we go through these phases of darkness, we may not always see our wholeness, right? So to me, creating this intentional space for yourself is constantly reaffirming your wholeness. And so what that looked like for me very early on was really focusing in on my mornings and creating a practice for myself. And it started out with a gratitude practice. It started out with a meditation practice. And honestly, for so long, you know, up until that point, I didn't think I was a great meditator. (laughs) I didn't think that I was all that good at it or that I could, you know, do it without having one eye open and wondering when it was going to be done. But I really did start to focus on, you know, simply tuning in to what was going on in my body and breathing and allowing myself to just be without judging the thoughts that come up. You know, if you think that you're not a great meditator, 
it's because we're constantly placing judgment on the thoughts that are coming up while we're in meditation. We think that our mind has to be clear for it to be working, and that's not necessarily the case. But it started out as a simple meditation practice, as a simple gratitude practice for me, um, suggested by my mentor at the time. And after a couple of weeks of doing those two things, I started to see a significant difference in how I was showing up for myself and how I felt in my body. And that was when I knew, especially as a coach, I knew there was more for me to do. There was more for me to create around this practice. And as I continued to explore, what was it that I needed? What was it that I needed to feel whole? What was missing in my life? What was I not seeing? What could I do to feel some semblance of self again? Because so much of me felt lost at the time. And so as I created these different activities to connect to my wholeness, everything about my life started to shift, started to change for the better. I honestly felt like I became a more present mom, a better mom because I was more present. I felt like I could see through the muck and the clouds again, that I could begin to show up at a higher capacity for my clients and the world around me, that I could finally get back into the rhythms and the routines of the past because for so long, I just really didn't have the capacity, no matter how much I tried to push into, you know, faking the funk, if you will. And so this holding space and creating a practice has now been two and a half years in the making, two and a half years in the making, which is amazing um, to be able to kind of track my time personally. But I was so excited from the results that I was, you know, that I received from holding said space for myself and doing a consistent practice that I felt the need to turn a course or to make a course out of it because that's just who I am. Um, when something works really well for me, then I'm trying to help other people, you know, discover what, what helped me. And I knew that this could work for other people. And so that's when I launched the morning shift course. And that course was to really help people, you know, connect to their vision and who they were and how they wanted to grow through creating a morning practice from there. From the digital course, I started hosting, you know, local sessions in my co-working space and I started doing talks about the morning shift all over the country. And it's really turned into this little mini movement of prioritizing space for our beingness, our becoming. And now I see why I went through all that I went through, because there was something that I needed to learn. There was something that I needed to recognize in myself and also recognize in humanity, right? We learn these powerful lessons through what we experience and what we go through. But by going through all of it, it made me realize what others might be experiencing. It made me realize how antiquated our approach was to transitional space, especially motherhood. Like we're just expected to 
you know, grow a child (laughs) and pop them out into the world and then totally just, you know, have some semblance of normality, which is an absolutely absurd, you know, thought processing. But we're expected to just move through it and then be really excited and really happy about it because if not, then there must be something wrong with us, right? And then continue life as usual. Continue the house stuff, the work stuff, the friends stuff, the partner stuff, like everything's supposed to continue as usual, even though there's just been this complete disruption, a beautiful, tiny disruption, but a disruption nonetheless. And so when I was able to really see that for what it was, but then also see that almost every big life transition sometimes creates the same sentiment that there was something missing about how we showed up for ourselves and how we show up for others. And it was through the practice of the morning shift that allowed me to do this work for myself and allowed me to help people really move through their clarity work. As a clarity strategist and a clarity coach, my job was to help people get clear. And it still is my job today to help people get clear around who they are, what they stand for, what matters, usually as it pertains to the work that they do, usually as it pertains to their business. But at the end of the day, when we are the creators of said business, when we are the creators of these you know, projects and things that we are doing in the world, we also have to make sure that we are doing our part and keeping it together for ourselves. And so now I'm super excited to really announce to all of you here, but I'm in the process. Actually, I've already, it's already launched. Um, the company is going to be The Morning Shift Co. And I'm now creating a bigger space, um, more programming and resources to help all of us continue to do this deeper level of work and really hold space for what it is that we want to really tap into what it looks like to live in a state of wholeness and know that we go through phases, right? And so the course is now, the course will always be there. So I have the morning shift course and now I have the morning shift mastermind, which is a year long coaching mastermind uh, for those who want to continue to deeply do the coursework. Um, So that started I went through uh, early access about a month ago, so um, allowed 10 people to join me as early accessors um, to really start embarking on this mastermind journey. And so right now, we are going to be launching the mastermind and have open enrollment starting this week, so I'm really excited. So by the time you're listening to this episode, you can head over to liveatiffany.com forward slash waitlist. Um, and see if the page has changed to register or sign up, but you can always learn more about it there. And I'm really, really excited about the new company in general, Um, really helping people hold the space for their discovery. There's so much magic here. There's so much magic in the transition. There's so much more to life than what we see. And until we actually become intentional about what that looks like for us, until we are intentional about the space that we hold for all that we are experiencing and all that we are going through, we can we continue to live 
and go through life as this kind of humdrum, disconnected approach. And I don't think any of us want that. We want to live in the fullest state of life, live in the fullest state of who we are and what we have to offer ourselves and the world around us. And to me, creating this kind of space and and really creating the foundation of a morning practice in particular allows us to recognize our own humanity, to recognize our own humanness, that we are just mere mortal, but there's so much depth in being a human, so much emotional space, right? We're constantly going from one spectrum to the other. And there is fullness in all of that. And when we can recognize our own humanity, we then can see the humanity of everybody else. And so for me, this is a deep, fulfilling level of work, not only for me to do personally and why I'm building a whole company around it, but I know the ripple effect that it will have on the lives of your family, your friends, your partners, your coworkers, your peers, strangers and neighbors. Because when we are good for ourselves, we are better for the world, right? And we can't be better for the world if we're not better for ourselves. And this is where the work really begins. So I look forward to talking to you more about the morning shift, the course, the mastermind. I hope that you decide to check it out and see if it's something that you want to explore or be a part of. Because I would absolutely love to have you, whether that's in the you know the digital course or to be a part of the online coaching community. Um, I am just so stoked. Like I haven't been. I mean, I'm, I'm really always excited about the various types of work that I do and that I produce, but I haven't been as excited about a program that I am about the morning shift in a really long time. And so this is going to be absolutely amazing. I'm getting such great feedback already from the early access uh, members that I know, you know, that I'm on the right track with this and that it really can change the way that we show up to live, lead and work, which is the crux of why I do what I do. I want us to shift the way that we show up to live, which shifts the way that we lead, which ultimately shifts our work and the capacity of how we show up for it. So all of this is happening. Super, super excited, super stoked about it. Please check it out. Again, you can go to livewithtiffany.com forward slash wait list, W-A-I-T-L-I-S-T. And then soon you'll be able to go to the morning shift Um, That's all coming in the next couple of days. So stay tuned for all of that. If you want to learn more, uh, what's really easy to do is jump on to my email list, which is livewithtiffany.com forward slash join. There you'll join my online community of shift makers and you'll receive emails from me uh, usually once a week. But from time to time when I have special announcements to make, special insight and inspiration, all of that happens in my online community. And you can always join me there and be up to date with what's going on, what programs I have, what retreats are coming up, what events, where I'm speaking next, all of that is given to those who are in my online community. So you can do that for free at livewithtiffany.com forward slash join. 
That is it for today. We are moving into 35 minutes of this episode, so I'm going to go ahead and end it right here. What I really want you to take away from today's episode is the importance of holding space for your transition, right? Transitions are endless and they're always going to be happening, but it's up to you to slow down, to recognize when you need to recalibrate, to allow yourself to quite literally be without necessarily having to push to that next place, but giving yourself the space to realize who you are right now, where you've come from, and where you're trying to move into next. Allow the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual space to develop so that you can feel, so that you can be really the full, whole version of who you are. Thank you again so much. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Take care.